We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Right, up next, we are joined by Michael Fierstein of DFS Accounting Services, LLC. You might know them better as DFSaccounting.com. Mike, thanks for joining us. I know this time of year we get a million questions, and I'm sure you get a million questions. I get messages all the time on Discord over there on Rotor Grinders. And um, thanks for taking the time out and you know just kind of going over some overview and what people need to be looking for and stuff like that. Yeah. No, thanks again, Stevie. It's great to be on here. And yeah, definitely. It's the time. It's the tax time. And uh, we're feeling a lot of questions regarding DFS, uh, sports betting. How does that affect your taxes, the tax consequences and everything? So I'm glad to, to be here to talk about that. Before we get into just, you know, you know, talking DFS accounting and stuff like that, uh, just kind of give me a general background on, I mean, you could talk about yourself or the company just in general. You guys have been around for a while in the industry now. Um, you know, just kind of give everyone a, a, a an FAQ on yeah. DFS accounting services. No, no, definitely, definitely. Really, I mean, we're just like you guys. We have been, we're accountants and by trade. But about a half a decade ago, uh, we started a, playing DFS ourselves, right? I'm a big season-long fantasy football, so I gradually went into DFS. Um, sports betting on the side, too. And at that time, it was the bookies. But what really happened is that we, we, we came across this community and uh, people were really getting some life-changing um, payouts and wins. Mm-hmm. And the tax ramifications became very serious. So what we've done is uh, me and my business partner said, hey, we need to get into the nitty-gritty and figure out what the tax situation is are in ramifications to these individuals. And that's kind of how we come about, 
and became a DFS account. Really, we're just here to help the community, help people like ourselves at our sports betting or in DFS, and just educate people and also save some uh, money on their taxes as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, this time of the year, and if you look back at the last 10 years in general for DFS and everything, it's blown up and it's gotten to the point where, you know, I've been around for a long time now. Um, 2009, I think is when my FanDuel account was started. So I'm one of the like OG OGs and we're, we went from playing for like 50 to a hundred dollar prize pools to, you know, Millie makers almost every single week. Um, You know, so obviously life-changing money like you win a million dollars no one in their right mind is going to say hey that didn't like change my life some way like even if you're a millionaire if you win a million dollars it's still going to change your life so um mike i think the biggest question that i get the biggest question that you probably get in general as well is hey i won money i got a 1099 from DraftKings or fanduel what do i do um so just kind of you know give me an idea and tell the people what, what happens after that. Right, right, exactly. And, and for anyone who that happened to, congratulations, that's amazing. But really what I always say and preach is to be proactive with your tax situation, okay? So one thing you have to realize is that Uncle Sam's going to get their piece of the pie. And if you get a million dollars, you have to realize that a large portion of that, and sometimes we do estimates around 40 or 45%, depending on how, how large the payout is, is going to go to the government. So the one thing we tell people, especially if it's at the beginning of the year, right? Because you have to then wait a whole year to file your taxes and pay taxes on that. So if you hit something early now, put it aside, put it in a savings account, and even better, make an estimated quarterly tax payment that's going to be due in April. That way, you pay your you pay your taxes, and everything that's remaining is free and clear, and you can use it on how whatever you want to spend. Yeah, I mean, being proactive, I think, is the best advice you can give anybody when it comes to winning, winning in general. Like, hey, congrats. You did great. You know, you 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 had everything kind of go right for your lineup that week, that day. Uh, but now make sure, like, you're not putting yourself into a bind. And, you know, we see people, you know, oh, well, I lost money you know, throughout the year and maybe, but like, if you're proactive, then you're going to be ahead at the end of the year, no matter what anyway. Right, Mike? Right, exactly. So it's a, it's a great, that's a great comment that you, you, had, you had mentioned, right? So people that have a more, that do a lot more activity. And so maybe you hit it big at the beginning of the year, but you're still continuously paying the way FanDuel uh, and, and DraftKings, the way that they operate is that it's continuous one annual session for DFS. So yeah, you could have, um, hit a millionaire and uh, got a million dollars, but then continuously paying, maybe he paid some big stakes and lost 200K um, during the year, your net result is what's going to happen on your 1099, which you're going to get, say, for instance, in 2023 for the 2022 tax year. But even with such a big hit, it'll take a large amount of loss to offset that. We still say, hey, listen, even if you you know you know that you might have some losing days and losing months, still put some money aside, um, and that way you recover your taxes, your tax liability. Yeah, well, put it aside, and you know, even if you have a, a couple rough months, and at the end of the year, you're you're still going to be ahead, and you're not going to owe Uncle Sam more than you had initially thought. So there you go. Yeah. Um, 
Well, Mike, like just kind of, you know, thinking about the process of how this all works and, you know, talk to me more about like sessions and what they are and how they pertain to reporting gambling winnings. Right, exactly. So getting into the gambling side and also DFS too, like I said, DFS, the way the operators and the farm operates, um, it's an annual session. So the concept of session is derived from um, the IRS code and way back when they, uh, the code was written that individuals who wanted the sports that would actually go to the consider of the books and sit there for four or five hours or what have you and actually have a physical session there. And that's kind of where the concept comes in. And within that session, the IRS allows you to net your wins and your losses, your winning tickets and your loss tickets, right? When you net them together, whatever that result is, whether it's a gross, um, it's a gross win or a gross loss, that's where you would, I guess, bank a report on your tax return. So sessions, you know, fast forward today, and now people are betting on their phones. And there are people that, you know, handicappers that we call volume betters and even arbitrage betters that are continuously, constantly betting, you know, throughout the whole day. And so the question is, when does the session end? Or when does the session begin? And so that's one thing that we like to talk to um, our clients and anyone who gets a call is that we got to focus in first on um, the type of session you want, right? A lot of people like to gravitate to being an annual session that, hey, whatever happens during the year, my net result, that's what I'm going to put on your tax return. Um, and that's fine and dandy, but then another step that we like to discuss with them is saying, hey, here are kind of the aggressive stance, right? In our opinion, we have to, you know, as accountants, we have to tend to be on the conservative side of things. So we like to tell you know, people the, the different aggressive stance. So you have your annual, you have your monthly, you have your daily uh, sessions that you like to do. Yeah. And I mean, like, this is going to be different for every single person. And that's why you have to, you know, take it case by case too. Right. Because like at the end of the day, you know, there's ways you can reduce your income, um, you know, maximize your sessions and stuff like that. Correct. Right. Exactly. Each person has their own unique tax situation. So it's really hard to give blanket advice on a podcast or in in an article, what have you, because the, the rules and the individual's risk exposure and other income that they've, they've earned completely changes the game. And then another thing I wanted to touch base on, why are we, why are we you know, focusing on sessions? So the IRS allows you to, to report your losses, and, but you report your losses up to your wins. And the way you physically do that, and we're going to get into the tax return. So look at the tax return, the gambling winnings are located on line 21 other income. And that's where you put your gross winnings, okay? So say for instance, you want a million dollars in one session, right? One session you gross the million dollars, but then the next session you actually lost, took a big hit of uh, $800,000. Because there are two distinct sessions, you have to separate those numbers. You can't you can't net them. So on your tax return, you are going to report $1 million in gambling winnings, and you're going to report $800,000 in gambling losses. And the gambling losses can be reported on your schedule. Hey, all right. Now, 
on the surface, that looks all fine and dandy. Hey, you know what? The net result is going to be a two hundred thousand um, uh, dollar net net fall, net income, taxable income. But there's also other factors that you have to consider. One of them are states. Some of the states do not allow itemized deductions. For example, a state that I live in, Illinois. So if some individual reports, taxpayer reports one million dollars on the federal income tax, they will lose out on that eight hundred thousand dollar loss because it's an itemized loss. So then, on their state tax return, they're going to show a million dollars in taxable income when really they only made two hundred thousand. That's why sessions is important because it allows you to net the million dollars and the $800,000 loss together, and then you report $200,000 on your federal property. So that is an example that makes sense. No, I mean, it makes sense to me for sure. And I'm hoping that, you know, anyone listening, it makes sense to them as well. And I think, you know, what you're, what you're trying to say at the end of the day is, don't try to do this stuff by yourself and, and like get help, you know, especially if it's like your first year, we get, we get new players all the time, have a good season. And I think that's fantastic. There's people that catch on to DFS and gambling and betting and, and stuff so fast and they have good years. I, I mean, take the time, do your research and find, you know, like you guys where I, you offer free um, consolation, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, part of the game is really just getting out there allowing you know individuals people to give us a call email um you know you can contact us at info at dfsaccounting.com and it's free and uh yeah we, we field calls all the time and trying to answer questions and you know some people are just trying to pick our brain to, to, to finish their tax return which is fine and then some people you know they they oh i've been doing my tax return for a while i just need some you know, you need some answers and you realize, holy cow, my tax situation is a lot more complicated than we thought. So really, all we ask people to do is be proactive. Uh, feel free to reach us, reach out to us. Um, we're just here now. No, I mean, reach out for sure. Like, get someone that, you know, knows what they're doing, especially with this stuff. And before, before we get out of here, a couple more questions for you that, you know, again, like I get asked this stuff all the time. I see people yeah. posting all the time about this stuff. I think another one of the biggest questions that we've seen over the last 10 years is, is DFS considered gambling income or regular income by the IRS? And I think that's just something if you could touch on, because I mean, I'm sure you get it asked a ton. I see yeah. that. It's probably one of the most asked questions. No, definitely. Definitely. It really is. And again, the IRS doesn't make it easier for all of us and it's in a gray area. So one of the things that actually had occurred at the end of 2020 um, and before September 2020, right, the main thought and the main focus that we've been preaching other tax practitioners is that DFS is regular, you know, it's, it's a game of, of, of skill and luck, which allows it to be not gambling, not gambling. And then we, and the reason why that's important, because if you are a professional, you do this full-time business, if you, if it's gambling, wagering transactions, even if you're a uh, professional uh, sports fighter or gambler, you can only deduct your losses and your deductions up to your winnings at zero dollars. Whereas if you were DFS full time, we would get more aggressive and report your losses. 
Okay, so this is pre-2020. And what had occurred was um, a private letter was prepared by the IRS. And a private letter is basically, like I said, it's a willing to document. A tax payer, mainly our accounting firm, had reached out to the IRS and asked them, what, what is your position? They literally asked, is DFS gambling or not? Obviously, more formal things of that nature. And what this ruling says is that, you know, upon reviewing the, the information, that they do believe that daily fantasy sports contest constitutes an amount paid for a wagering transaction. So they're saying that DFS is gambling. Now, here's the thing, and this is where it gets more confusing, is that ideally, it's just a statement based on a one tax situation with a tax payer. It's not IRS code, it's not law. It is just merely an interpretation of what they believe DFS is. And if you actually read it, um, and uh, it, it, I definitely don't agree with their stance on why they think so, but again, as accountants, and being a conservative aspect when we when we advise and talk to people, we say that yes, DFS is considered gambling income because of this private rhetoric. But then we go, but because there's always a but, right? Always. This is why. Yeah, there's always a but and it's always grayer. And then we go through the ramifications. We go, why, you know, if you want to go the opposite route, you can do that. It is a little bit more aggressive per se, but there are ways that you can defend yourself in regards to an IRS audit. Now, IRS audits are still very, very rare, right? And we're talking about one, two percent, three percent of the population that files a tax return. But it's just an example of how we approach each client. We give them this dissertation because unfortunately it's not a yes or no question. But on this podcast and to that that question the answer is the IRS views um, DFS is different. Different All right. Um, a few other things. I mean, gambling and DFS tax forms, you know, how are they generated? What are they? We see all kinds of different ones, especially if you live now in states that have legal, um, you know, betting. So talk to me. I know there's what a WTG gambling, a 1099 miscellaneous that we see a lot on the DFS side. And then, you have another one. It's like a 1099 K. Um, so oh, yeah. talk to me about these three forms. I think those are the three um, <clears throat> just kind of run me down these. No, no, definitely. Definitely. And it's, uh, it's important to understand, you know, how they get generated, what event creates the, 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 the form. So, so 1099 miscellaneous, that's the easy one to go through. And Fandle and Gracky are still, going to be sending out the DFS activities on a 1099. They have their own battle with the IRS, in which they're still trying to say that um, DFS is not a waging transaction. There's a whole set of tax taxes that they would have to pay. And um, unfortunately, we have our own set that we have to go by. That's what you asked me. So you're going to get a 1099 miscellaneous. It's an annual session. Okay. And, uh, and the IRS is going to get that document. So you're going to have to report that number on your cash for DFS, okay? Then I'm gonna jump over the 1099K. This is the problem child when it comes to the tax documents. And you get this if you use um, third-party apps like PayPal, PayPal's a big one, in which you fund your accounts and also distribute out and transfer. 
And so what happens is you see a lot of duplication when it comes to D DFS and gambling. And if you take money out of your account by PayPal, PayPal is going to look at that as income, all right? And FanDuel and DraftKings, they're also going to look at all your activity during the year within your account as income too. So there are times where you get a 1099 miscellaneous and a 1099 pay effectively uh, duplicating your income. That's a huge problem. And I highly suggest for everyone out there, do not use PayPal. PayPal will, will send you this 1099 pay. It's incomplete information. It only talks about the stuff that gets deposited or transferred into your account. Doesn't talk about the losses, doesn't show anything. So please get off of PayPal if you can. And then the W2G. The W2G is a special form because it, it only reports um, winnings and bets and wagers you know, that happen in a specific point in time. And it has a long litany of, of, of um, events and things that happen. Uh, in order to get it. The one thing is it's above $600 and it's a 301 odd in order to get a W3G. A lot of times those bets aren't happening unless you have this huge massive parlay or this huge heavy underdog. Then a W2G will be generated. Other ways that this form is going to be generated is if they're large hits, large bets. So if you make a big bet, um, then there's federal taxes withheld. Right, if you win $4,000, $5,000 on one wage and then you can't, and they, they reach out to you saying, hey, we're going to withhold uh, federal tax, then a W2G is going to be reported um, to the IRS. Now, the last thing about the W2G is this it's only half the battles and half the side of the transaction. It shows your wins, it doesn't show your losses. And so this is something to consider because now. You, you know, are going to screw up kind of recessions, right? Recessions are netting if your net result is a $200,000 uh, in the session, right? To this example that we were talking about earlier, and also you get a W2G of $300,000. Well, you can't report 200K because the IRS has a form that says, hey, you won 300000 So then now you have to pivot and report your gambling accordingly. So, um, those are the three documents. It is still, you know, we're going to see how FanDuel and DraftKings are going to send out the W2G, right? It's so new and sports betting just blew up these last couple of years. So we're, we're seeing mixed reports on, on people getting W2Gs and why they're getting them. Um, all I can say is that if you do get a W2G, report it on your tax return. Um, and, and likewise, your 1099. Always report them on your text. <laughs> don't, mm -hmm. don't don't make that I'd mistake. Surprised. I'd be surprised who when people don't, and you're like, well, that's why you got tax notice. Yeah, doesn't you don't want those. So, uh, Mike, before we get out of here, we're seeing a lot of um, people in like the DFS betting industry, especially on like Twitter and stuff, really start getting into like crypto and NFTs. And I, I mean, this has to be something that. Uh, it's kind of newer to you as well, but um, I mean, this is something that you guys are also kind of taking care of, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's funny. We, we take a look at kind of what, what is interesting to us in our personal life and then try and figure out what are the tax sources. So, you know, I've invested in the crypto 
Um, I got a couple NFTs and also um, people that are in mining as well, mining operations. So it is definitely something that we're, we're familiar with um, and that we can help people out. Uh, I know that in the NFT world, you know, there are individuals now being more active on dealing and buying and selling. So there are ways that you can um, create a business and become a dealer, an NFT dealer, which will then maximize your deductions and then allow you to write off losses if you, if you had an NFT that did not perform well. Um, so this is definitely something that could help individuals. Yes, I mean if you're in the if you're in the betting DFS space and you're in the crypto NFT you know area as well, you know the guys over at DFSaccounting.com, Mike and you know his team and everyone is they're going to be able to help you. So instead of trying to figure all this stuff out, hit them up. Uh, they've been around for a while. They are very active in the industry, and you know at the end of the day. We want people that are active in the industry, taking care of industry stuff. So, Mike, it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on and answering all these questions. And um, you have any final thoughts before I let you go? Well, Stevie, thanks for you know having me on. And really, guys and girls out there, just be proactive. Um, reach out. We're a resource. Uh, we don't. You know, we have a free consultation. We're more than happy to answer any questions, whether you come on board as a client or not. You know, we understand that taxes get people stressed out, and either you know, if you get a tax notice, it really freaks people out. And we're just here to, to alleviate that stress, and that way you can just enjoy your life and enjoy the the, the, the proceeds and, and spend it on some fun stuff. All right, that's going to wrap it up. DFSaccounting.com. Michael Fierstein, thanks for joining us. And um, maybe we'll talk to you again next year. Have a good one, man. All right, take care.